You're listening to Soul Talk, conversations with fascinating people on their relationship with spirituality. I'm your host, Holly Azapati. Welcome back to another episode of Soul Talk. And today I am excited to be sitting across, I mean, I do you know what? I hate using the word across a client of mine because <laughs> I guess that's how we met, right, Nat? Yeah, but I don't yeah. know. How would we describe ourselves now? I think we're more friends than client coach. Yeah, I think so. And I think, um, I don't know, just you're always somebody that I reach out to, especially with the numbers, because we are so alike in numerology. It is crazy. Like we're both, (laughs) I'm like the 34-7, you're a 43-7. So the only real difference is our challenge numbers are flipped. That's it. Okay. Um, Yeah. So it made complete sense to me. I mean, I guess like we started talking and connecting, why it just felt like I had literally known you forever. And I guess just all the topics of interest and our ideals and um, our knowledge and our interests and how we both really, like we're, we're, we're people who won't share anything with anyone unless we have immersed ourselves in it to the depths of like just... You know what I mean? Like you're not yeah. going to give advice and I'm not going to give advice on something that I might have read in a book or seen on Insta or whatever. Like we fully immerse ourselves in an experience before we will share it with anybody. It's like you see my soul <laughs> and this is what I love. And, yes, there will be listeners going, wait, what do you mean 4337 challenge number? I promise yeah. we will get into <laughs> we will get into numerology because <laughs> if there is anyone that I go to for numbers chat, yeah. it's you, Nat. Yeah. But I want to pick up on that piece you said around we've connected and that's, I mean, that's the premise of Soul Talk. That's how you and I show up in the world and I know how a lot of people maybe feel almost disjointed right now is there's a difference between uh, having some sort of, I guess, inverted commas relationship with a person versus feeling connected to a person. Absolutely. And I love that you highlighted that in the way that we relate to one another these days. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that. Um, I think that we have, like, I don't know, I'm like you. I remember reading something on your site and I'm sure it was, I I can't even remember what it was. Sorry, I think it was because you're, I think you're more into the astrology than I am. And it's not that I don't love astrology. It's just one of those things that my brain just does not hold on to. And so I was reading, like, uh, something on your website, it might, might have been like your About Me page, whatever it was, and I was like, oh, my gosh, that's me. Like I will literally be 30 seconds to a minute into a conversation with someone and then I'm asking them their birthday. <laughs> <laughs> because of the numbers. Yes, yes. Okay. Yes. It just reveals so much to me and I'm like, and, and, gen- and I think the worst part is though what I used to do is I'd be like listening to, I would be listening to someone, but there's a part of my brain that's trying to, trying to figure out, I reckon you're a six. Yeah, yeah, you're definitely a six. Yeah, yeah, you're a six. And I'll be like spot on. Like I'd be like, I need to know your birthday. <laughs> this is, and this is like, so funny. <laughs> I do the same, but like, I oh, do it with. <laughs> yeah, no, I do the same, girl, but I'm I'm like that with um meeting someone and going, I reckon they're a Virgo. I've got to ask them their birthday. Yes. I need to know what they're. Yes. It's this. Oh, girl, we're the yes. same. I love that we've already gone into numbers chat. But before we go deeper with that, I want to ask you, because I ask all my guests, 
rather than, you know, what do you do for a living? What, what do you know? What, how do you define yourself? I want to know what is hot on your heart right now. What are you feeling super duper passionate about? Um, definitely emotional trauma um, and the emotional body. So um, it was something that I added to, you know, what I do with, with clients and, and mothers, predominantly mothers um, in blended families. But there is so much happening um, outside of the body um, that people don't. I think like when I, if I just go back a bit, sorry, if I, I think that mm. like when I started to talk to people about that trauma, that would be more thinking straight away, oh, like, I don't have anything physically wrong with me. I haven't been in a car accident. I haven't like all that sort of physical stuff. It's like, no, trauma is anything that has overexcited or overstimulated any of your senses and it stays mm. with you. So a lot of the mm. stuff obviously, uh, you know, comes from your childhood or your inner child um, that we work with. But right now it's it's really about the emotional trauma and where that sits in the emotional body, which is your second body out from your physical body, mm-hmm. um, in the, mm-hmm. like in the metaphysical bodies. Um mm. And we hold so much of our trauma, our anxieties, our angst, our childhood trauma, karma, all of that stuff sits in that body. And then when we don't deal with it, like it's sort of like when we talk about when the universe is giving you messages or sending you messages and Mm -hmm. I just live in that world. And so when you're not doing anything about those messages that you're receiving, they start to manifest their way into physical symptoms in the body, which is disease. So I've been like my personal journey with that is you know, before I said that I really don't talk about anything or provide advice on anything that I haven't fully immersed myself in. Um, mm-hmm. I'm coming to the end of a of a physical um, disease that I've had probably since about April last year, wow. and I've worked. So I've I decided to go the natural route. Um, yeah. And I decided that I didn't want, this is for me, and this is definitely not advice that I um, provide to other people. I need to make that very clear. This is my own journey. Um, I, I decided that I didn't want a doctor to give me a diagnosis. I mean, I can't even tell you the last time I was at a doctor. Um, mm. Because for me, I didn't then want that to become my story or who I was. Your I identity. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I mean, I have a very good, very good idea from my symptoms and everything that I have experienced since April last year, um, exactly what's going on. Um, and I've predominantly spent my time healing myself and sitting in a space where I'm working with my emotional body and clearing that and everything that's sitting inside of that um, rather than. I guess, taking the mainstream medical route of dealing with um, what I've been experiencing. So for me, yeah, so for me I've noticed that um, anything that I've wanted to or been interested in and wanted to know more of, it never really leaves me. Um, Something that I've been doing with this particular ailment, um, I was really interested in it. Did it, does it really work? Like, I mean, like, come on. And it wasn't that I was so much doubting it, but it's almost like I have to go through the experience of Mm -hmm. what something provides Mm -hmm. to really get it and understand it. And I just immerse myself 
in everything. And, and that's exactly what's happened with this particular physical, you know, disease or ailment that I've been dealing with. Um, so for me right now, whilst I'm doing a lot of other things like the numerology and whatever, it's, um, it's the emotional, emotional trauma and generational trauma within blended families and really teaching people how to like self-awareness and how to take personal responsibility um, for your trauma and where that sits in you and why um, and how that's showing up for you and triggers, triggers as well. So how your partner triggers you, they're just your children, your stepchildren, they're like little mirrors of everything that you're not happy with about yourself, you don't like about yourself or that it's just a genuine trauma from a childhood that you haven't healed yet. Yeah, so wow. it's, they're like little flags and little pointers of where you need to go for your healing. Wow. And you would know. Yeah, this is big. And do you know what? I want to I want to first say thank you for being so raw and vulnerable because when I approached you to have this conversation, I had no idea that you've been experiencing this no. physical manifestation. No. I had no idea. No. I didn't know. So this no. is news to me in the moment. And wow, no. has that kind of taken my breath away in terms of knowing you as this beautiful light and this beautiful you're constantly checking in on me and I know I mean your mama to is it 10 children yeah 10 yes yes this is like wow (laughs) are you brave and courageous to go yeah hole I'll give you an hour of my time today and I had no idea you were going through this now so I just want to give you love in in this moment for your courage and thank you thank you Mm-hmm. thank you I appreciate that I mean my husband knows that there's like something um but I've chosen not to I don't I, I think I've probably told him a little bit of it I've told um one friend probably the same information uh because I just wanted to I didn't want to be the person that everybody had to ask is everything okay did you do this I didn't want the feedback from people saying you really should go and do this you really should go and do that I just mm. wanted to create a space for myself that allowed me the, the true healing that I wanted and that I deserve because without that I would have had all this noise that I would have also been battling on top of trying to or, or on top of creating this transformational space for myself I didn't I didn't want the unsolicited advice or feedback especially from people that haven't been through what I'm going through and that is why it's so important for me that anything that I'm doing with my clients you know that I have been through on a level that is just so deep (laughs) and have experienced on a level that people just would be you know yeah and I didn't want to be that person that had this thing so I very much just turned it inwards created that space for transformation for myself um, and I'm so totally coming out the other side of it now. It's oh, so oh you got, got it. I wasn't yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. But okay. I need to be done with it. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. respect that. I respect that so deeply. The fact that what you're doing right now is a beautiful example of integrating before speaking to something, yeah. embodying. Yes. Before yes. teaching, and yes. I got to tell you, Nat, I'm I'm kind of getting a little bit tired of the leaky advice givers and the leaky energy before it's been yeah. fully integrated. Absolutely. Absolutely. How do you how do you catch yourself in the process of wanting to teach and then reining it in? Because I know for me, I have been super leaky with my guidance in the past, and it's not until I guess becoming more aware of myself that I can honor in 
integration. What does integration look like for you and how would you flag for someone else listening, when's the right time to share when you've been through something heavy when you're coming out the other side? I think when I feel like I can, I want to open up and talk about it when I'm in a comfortable space. But the thing is, is that if you don't create that space for yourself, um, then it's really difficult to have that self-awareness. And this is the other thing that I teach is that like we talk about, you know, having a wine and having a bubble bath and going to like, you know, a spa, getting your nails done as, you know, like that self-care. But Mm. for me, that's not self-care. What I teach is self-care that is, that they're like, I guess, tools or things that you do once you've created the space. Um, For me, self-care is really excavating all of the shit out, if I can say that, and really going deep, <laughs> and really going deep with your trauma, because I spent so long listening to these people who were talking about, you know, ha- you know, had a long list of self care ideas, um, and whilst they're great, really all they're doing, if you're not excavating at the same time and creating that space for yourself, all it's really doing is masking everything. Like you're not mm-hmm. digging and you're not dealing with it um, and you're not finding out what's going. You're not dealing with your triggers. You're removing yourself and you're having time out, which is great. But when you're not utilising that time in a way to self-reflect um, and become really personally responsible for what's going on, you, you're just going to keep treading water. So This is me, so interesting. Yeah. Can I, sorry if you're interrupting, but I just no, wanted no, to right. say it's- it's so interesting to me to hear you say that because it's so true. There are people, myself included, who would go, yeah, it's nice to have a bath but I feel lazy or guilty or these feelings mm-hmm. of resistance mm-hmm. come mm-hmm. up to the act mm-hmm. of self-care, yes. which is that us pointing to, oh, hang on a second, this is where the excavation needs to happen. Why yes. am I feeling yes. this? Okay. Yes, yes. And taking that time while you're having that you know, sitting there, you're probably still thinking about the five million things that you have to do and then feeling guilty for not getting up and remembering to send those emails or whatever it is that you've got to do or deal with something for the kids and their school and whatever else. And I mean, you know, I have 10 children and I've been doing this now. My husband and I have been together for 10, 11 years. Um, so it's not like I've just had 10 children for six months and I'm here to give you advice on that. No. Like, we have been through it all, believe me. But yeah, if, like going back to the self care, um, for me, self-care really isn't those long lists of, you know, going for a walk along the beach or along the boardwalk, you know, to you know, with your mate, whatever. It's great time out and, and you do need that to decompress. But if you're not, you know, at any point creating that space and using it to understand why you're feeling the way you are and working on that, it's really not going to change anything. Mm. why are people so resistant to doing this work do you think because they get something from it so <laughs> so, so an attention so you know like maybe it's you and your partner my partner and I are I'm a seven and he's an eight in numerology and when your partner is your neighbor in numbers it's like it's a lot. Really? <laughs> yeah, oh my god! It's a really it's a it's a it's a hot relationship <laughs> that's <laughs> um yeah, that you really trigger each other. Okay. Um, yeah, and I guess like my husband and I do all the time, love each other to bits. Um, but 
uh, it, it's it's um, it can be really difficult. And he's a reflector, like in the whole human design thing. Not to go too far down that path. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, how many rabbit holes can we go down in one episode? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but he's a reflector, so he's always reflecting myself back at mm-hmm. me on top mm-hmm, of being, mm-hmm. you know, my eight and all those other triggers that we have from a karmic life that we've had and from the past lives mm-hmm. that we've had together. Like we've got, mm-hmm. we've just got a lot that's going on. Um, but I guess mm-hmm. once you understand it, there's, there's just, a, there's less, far less judgment and you catch yourself. Mm-hmm. You want to respond, you want to react, but you just hold yourself. Even if it's for mm-hmm. five seconds before you respond because it's like every time he triggers me or I want to have a response that's in, you know, within those negative lower emotions, it's, well, hang on a minute. That's not about him. That's about me. Uh-huh. Like, why, like, why did that piss me off? Like, what yes. is that? It's not him. It's not him because yes. he, he's just responding how he knows how to and he shouldn't be judged or feared for that. Like, mm-hmm. it's then like it's taking that time. And, and what I teach people is don't, don't expect that the first argument you have, you're just going to go, oh, yeah, whatever, and walk away. Like, it takes time. Like allow yourself five seconds, the following week 10 seconds and just sit, even if you have to sit and look and give him the look, whatever yes. it is that's going to work for you, where you can just quickly switch to where is that sitting in me? Like what is what is it that, that has just been triggered in me that needs to be dealt with, healed, more excavation, spoken about? What is it? Because it's not him. Yo, and do you see, so triggers, when we're tr- our response is triggered in us in a relationship, be it romantic or family or otherwise, that's mm-hmm. our opportunity to start digging deeper and doing the excavation into trauma work? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. And, and, but triggers are everywhere. Like they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. You're sitting in mm-hmm. traffic, something happened that morning. Like I'm someone who will literally work from you've gotten up in the morning and kicked your toe. That means something right through to this pandemic at the moment. Like wow. just the tiny small things. What were you thinking yeah. about before you did that? Like this morning I was having the worst thoughts when I got out of bed and I smacked my toe. I was like, okay, okay, yeah, I get it. And because I was having thoughts about moving forward in like yeah. the things that I had to do today because I've done a lot of things today to finalise things because it's a nine day for me and the universe, um, which is all about, you know, um, endings and things things yeah. that you no longer need or are relevant to you them falling away tying up loose ends in your business or your life whatever really yeah and so this morning it was like I had a few big things that I had to do that were going to really be pushing me forward and my mind talk when I woke up straight away before I had my cacao and my meditation was you know trying to think of all these reasons why I didn't want to do it I kicked my toe um on the end of the bed and I've just gone, yeah, moving forward because that's what it is. Your feet moving, you know, are moving you forward. You're trying to stop myself. The universe telling me, stop trying to stop yourself moving forward. Whoa. So, yeah. This <laughs> is, do you know what I love about you, Nat? And this is what I feel like this is the way you show up in your life is you take responsibility for everything possible that happens to you, whether yeah. it actually seems to be your responsibility or not. Yeah, 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 I do. And I think that's probably why one of the first things we go through is people's level of understanding, so self-awareness, um, and then we kind of gauge how much personal responsibility they're taking for everything that's going on in their life and their relationship with their ex-partner, their current partner, their children and their stepchildren. Um, mm. 
because people are so reluctant to take that responsibility. Um, and it's a human trait. Like everybody does it. Um, mm. But the more you learn, I think, about um, what personal responsibility really looks like and you mm. actively stop trying to, she did that, he did that, they did that to me, um, and you, you flip that, I guess, script um, just mm. with tiny things to begin with. It makes it so much easier and you start to become, your awareness changes mm-hmm. and your level of responsibility changes. You look at this work from the lens of specifically being a blended family specialist. You mm-hmm. are a mum of 10. Can mm-hmm. you explain to the listeners what that actually means and how and well, why have you opted to take your work and your soul's calling down that route? Well, when I was in high school, um, I was never having children. I was like, going to be a hairdresser. I'm pretty sure it's in my school book. Going to be a hairdresser. I'm going to London and I'm going to be like the world's best hairdresser over there. Well, that didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I had my oldest two daughters really young. um, And I was like 19 and 21 when I had those, when I had um, the girls. Um, And then I, and then I married my third daughter's dad and we were together for you know, a while. And um, when we parted ways, it was, it was r- really sad because it was yeah. just one of those things where we sat in a room, had a conversation, cried, <laughs> mm. um, just because, you know, I knew that um, this wasn't what I wanted. But I also mm. equally recognised that he'd never done anything to create that. That was literally yeah. me outgrowing where I was. Um, yeah. And so, you know, and, I'm, and I'm still like, you know, um, have a really great relationship with him um, and he's married with children as well. Um, and then my husband and I, who I have known my whole life, been in love with the man since I was like, oh. I can't even remember. Oh, <laughs> like I love this. Sorry. <laughs> Um, yeah, and when we, yeah, and so we got together in about two thousand yeah about two thousand and eleven, and at that time he had uh, five biological children, so he wow. had three older girls and two younger boys, and then I had my three girls, so we were eight straight away, and never at any point did I or even even did he kind of think, oh, my God, freaking eight kids, like what are we thinking, what are we doing, like what is even going on here? Never. Wow. Um, so I moved back home here to the island because I'd left. Um, moved back home into the island and we all moved in together and then two years later we had our son, so my first boy and our first child together, and then two years after that we had our little girl who's just started prep oh. this year, um, oh. plus, <laughs> plus running a like a, a – quite a significant size earth moving business um and just doing all the things <laughs> and plus <laughs> living not on mainland australia so you're yeah, on an island off the coast yeah 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 so it's just it's been a lot but but for, for someone who was never having children um to have having children at such a young age and now ending up with 10 in this massive blended family with my absolute soulmate um it was just, it was like it just kept calling me. Like I used to, wow. I used to do a lot of readings and, um, and and channeling and all those sorts of things, but it's like it's just been something that's constantly evolved and I just kept getting pushed and nudged and pushed and nudged into this direction. 
Um, and then I'm just like, oh, my God, like who starts out in life never wanting children but ending up with 10? <laughs> it's amazing. Like this it's is so it. Like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And then I was like, then I started like sort of going, well, you know, like I really navigated the whole thing by myself um, and we've been through a lot. And mm. it wasn't sort of like until we've come out the other side to where we are now, I look back and I think like, there was like nobody. There was like nobody that was like the person or even the anything to go to to be like, what the hell is this shit? Like yeah. <laughs> this whole blended family thing, just ten children with or eight to begin with, with all these different personalities and needs and connections to their other parents and just all the things that you can imagine. Um, and then I started with the numerology quite early on. And then once I started to understand with their numbers who they were and why they were and even some past life work, I started to be able to really respond as a parent in a way more, in a, in a, in a way more positive way because mm. I really understood where they were coming from and what their needs were, and, and, but more importantly what their challenge numbers were. So <sighs> why they were being triggered that way and when they were being triggered, why they were reacting the way that they were. Um, so that has helped so much to really understand them um, and then even the older ones to try and get them into considering because I, I never push anything on them. So considering um, careers that would suit their numbers. Wow. All those sorts of things. So it's, it's yeah, it's, it's yeah. a lot. <laughs> it's so, I don't, you know what, There's so, I knew this would happen with us too because I'm like, which way do I take this conversation? There's so many paths I want to go down. But because we're here, let's talk numbers for a bit. I am so intrigued to hear from you and pick your brain because you are a wealth of knowledge. Consider me a beginner when it comes to all things numerology. Firstly, how does it work? How do the numbers work? Well, it goes way back. I can't remember. It might be 800 BC, but please don't quote me on that. That quick Google search will tell you when it all sort of started through, you know, with Pythagoras and this science of numerology and figuring out that I guess the world is just made up of numbers and math. So it's not just numerology. It's like all the way down to data is essentially ones and zeros, energy, just everything. But in numerology in particular, there's nine-year cycles. Everything works on the one to nine. Um, mm-hmm. zero, zero does have a place, but that really amplifies the number that it's sitting with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. With numerology, um, I guess your my mentor taught me that the easiest way to describe your life path, which is where we add up your birth date from start to finish and individually, like the numbers individually, um, mm-hmm. that's like your spiritual position description of what you're here to do. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So life path numbers go from one to nine. They all have their own meaning. Um, but then... There's so many, so many other aspects. Like we can do your name. We can do your um, name if you were to be married. So when yes. when you change your name and you start using your married name, it changes your energy. This is why I haven't changed my name yet, Nat, because mm. I know this, 
but I don't know enough about it. And I just as a background for you, so I'm Holly with an IE and my mum specifically named me with an IE because of my numbers because with a Y I had no lines. Um, So I'm curious to hear more about the numerology with names because I'm hesitant to actually officially change my surname because I know it will change my whole numbers. So you're saying it would. It would change my whole energy. Yeah, it does. Eventually over time it will. It's not like you're going to change it saying tomorrow you're different Holly. It will change your energy and how you show up and your direction. And we all have free will, but it it does it does significantly, significantly change things. Um, wow. Sometimes you might end up being the same number. Like, you know, you've got to kind of run your numbers. But basically how it works is all the way through from, sorry, A to Z, each one of the letters has a number that corresponds with one through to nine. Okay, okay. So, so A is one, two is B. C is three, D four, E five. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? six. All the way yeah. through to nine, and then you start again at one, whatever that okay. is. I don't have it in front of me at the moment. Yeah. So, and people are so shocked because some days I have to spend, I have to do, you know, I can't even calculate two and plus two in my head. But I'm yeah. so good with with just numbers and and knowing. So, your life path is is what you refer to as your your spiritual position description, you can do your name, your birth date, your phone number, your address, um, every single thing and anything. Your business name, your business has a birth date, which is your registration date, so you can do numerology yes. for the business. Um, which so I cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. Like I think once you start digging into it all, it's just like, oh, my gosh, what are, and like your partner, like where do you, how compatible are you and where do you show up for each other, especially with those challenge numbers because – and it's so important with parenting and I see this all the time. So my my particular challenge numbers are a three and a four. So the three is self-expression and creativity and your four is like foundation, processes, procedures, discipline, doing everything, you know, mm. A, B, C, D, E. I like to go from A to Z and be done. Um, really? When I'm being triggered and I'm in a state of trauma, I just want to leave. I don't want to mm. be here. I don't want to be in this house. I just want to go. It's mm. always been my go-to. Um, mm. I've always had a really challenging time around building a foundation in a home. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that's my fault. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. So when dealing with the kids, I'm not good with routine. I don't want to get up and do the school run because that's like the, that's like the worst thing ever is that I've got, mm-hmm. you know, I've got to have that routine in the morning for the kids to get to school on time or for me to get here to work. Um, I'm not good with that. And then I'm not good with when there's conflict in the family and there always with, is with blended families. That's just normal. It was with every family, but in my particular field, I find it really hard to express what I mean. Mm. It will either be silence or it will be like <laughs> next level. The opposite of silence. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and that's my three. Is that and, and finding wow. ways of of expressing that in a healthy way? But once you know what your challenge numbers are, you know what to look for. There's exercises to do. There's spiritual laws that belong with each number that help you be able to work through that. My wow. husband is a, his numbers are a two and a six, and he's an eight, which is wealth, power, karma. Brilliant business people, amazing with money, awesome manifestors, um, and he's got his two and his six, which is his challenge, and his two is like companionship, relationships, negotiation, conflict, hates it, 
he just wants to stick his head in the sand and not deal with anything. Wow. And his six is all about nurturing maternal, paternal um, energy, um, family, children, all of those things, domestic life, all of that. So he, I mean, that instantly, you know, is a friction with the eight and struggle with the eight. But as a parent, you don't want to discipline your kid because of the two and you want to put your head in the sand and pretend that's not happening. And wow. then your six is all about family. So, look, you, you've, he's got amazing challenges that he needs to, I guess, deal with around the family. And then okay. his eight is like workaholic mode, like always at work, always thinking about work, whatever. Whereas I'm a seven. Seven is all about learn, like lessons. Everything, I'm a seven too. Yeah. Everything, everything is about a lesson. Someone should have, like, so I'm always saying to my kids, well, you learn, you know, you learn your lesson. And, you know, I'm always creating things, ways for them to do things so they learn. Yeah. They learn. So, you know, like, I will deliberately not go do something because you have to do it. That's your responsibility. And I'm trying to teach you. It's like everything. Everything is a lesson. You see everything in life as being a lesson for somebody. Mm-hmm. It's so true. Well, yeah. I mean, this is this is the nature of this podcast. I want to learn from people. I want to yeah. get people from all walks of life to learn. Yeah. yeah. My whole life is a lesson. That's so oh, I, we could talk about this forever. I guess the first piece, I, well, not the first, but where what I want to kind of clarify is, is it right in saying that once you are clearing your challenge numbers, that's your opportunity for growth when it comes to the traumas that are probably showing Absolutely. up more for you in your life? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And you start to understand where they're coming from and why you see them the way that you do. Wow. And so my husband and I, like I see every single thing that the children do as a challenge and a way for them to learn something. Whereas he doesn't want to discipline and he doesn't want to deal with it. So he's happy to let me be the parents do all that. Okay. So, yeah. So it's, you know, and then to begin with, before I really understood it all, like, this is obviously many years ago, I was like, mm. I'm getting really resentful because I felt like I was the only parent showing up. And, and then, then I was equating that to the only person, parent that cared when okay. this wasn't what was going on. He's just mm. really challenged. He's genuinely challenged with conflict negotiation, you know, relationships, all of that, and in particular with his family. So once I understood that, I was like, this is why I'm showing up. This is why I'm here because I'm a seven. I'm here to teach you all through through me showing up as myself because if I don't show up as my seven, I'm just another person who's read a textbook and I'm just telling you what you should do. (laughs) It's so true. So you've genuinely got to live your numbers and your life and, and really your best life and your best self, regardless of how that looks to other people. Like if you're in a relationship, a friendship, anything, like you've got to be okay with someone else's truth right there. Cool. You've got to be cool. okay with that. Even if it disagrees with you, exactly even right. if it's, yeah. That's exactly right. And, it does, and if it does disagree, if you don't agree with it or if it's triggering you, that's almost like it's a karmic message. That's almost like it's a karmic trauma. Like you've got to figure out. That's probably something that you have both brought through together from a past life and you've got to figure out, like, you know, there's definitely things that he wants to do and does do and he just goes off and does them on his own now because I know that that's the space that he needs to live in to really work through his two and six to be a healthy eight. Oh, and this like, is amazing. Yeah. And I'm literally not doing anybody any favours in the world, my clients, my family, anyone, my friendships, if I'm not showing up 
as my seven because that's what I'm here to do. Just just by being yes. myself. Just by so being myself. The numbers almost give you permission to be more yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And once you understand what those numbers are and what they mean and what they mean to you, it's just like everything. It's like a domino effect. You just start to think about and understand why you are the way you are instead of fighting it all the time or, you know, just not understanding it and, and this whole judgment. Like I, I did a masterclass a couple of weeks ago now um, and we did it here at the offices. And one of the things that I was talking about was dropping the judgment around why why you're doing the way you, the things that you're doing. So some of the people in the group were talking about, you know, alcohol is their go-to to deal with their trauma or mm-hmm. drugs are their go-to to deal with their trauma. And it's, we talked about dropping the judgment that goes with that because they felt bad for doing it. It was a wrong thing to be doing. I should be doing this. I should be doing that. That emotional train that you're on where you're judging yourself for what your coping mechanisms are through your trauma is actually going to do more harm to you than what you're than the physical act of what you're doing. And you're mm-hmm. going to continually hold on to that. So one of the most important things to do is when you realize what your coping mechanisms are, um, and they're your go-to, is not so much think about what you're doing and beating yourself up, self up over it, but why you're going to that now. Why do wow. you feel you need to go and have those drugs, that alcohol, that chocolate, that whatever? that you're constantly judging yourself for. Because there's plenty of us out there that can eat chocolate and it's just a morning tea with a friend and that's it. I'm not Mm. one of those people. Chocolate Mm. is my go-to. Shopping is my second thing. Mm. (laughs) More chocolate than anyone in the world. (laughs) Because, and I recognised this years ago, that whenever I felt like I wasn't getting my needs met from my husband in terms of attention or something that I needed to do, this is obviously going back many years, um, Mm. I'd just go shopping. And my wardrobe, yes, and that's what when you were talking before about why do people not want to own their shit or take personal responsibility for what they're creating in their own life because you're getting something from it. I'm getting four wardrobes full of beautiful clothes that I don't oh, wear because you just gave me goosebumps <laughs> because that's my thing. Because there's actually a reward mechanism right. in place for that's playing right. victim. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. Yes. It's confronting. It's a confronting truth. Absolutely. It is. It is. My work with people is very confronting. I do will not ever apologize for that because that's where you get the best results. That's just where you get the best results. And don't come to me if you don't want to see results. (laughs) I mean, why aren't more people having these conversations, Nat? Do you think it's because it's uncomfortable? Absolutely, and I think we have a lot of people out there who um, probably maybe half live what they want to teach and so it's really a difficult place for them to be when they have to look at themselves and really, I guess, walk the walk of what they're trying to, I guess, put across or what they're trying Mm -hmm. to teach or what they're trying to, you know, put out there. Mm, bang on what what would you say to the listeners who are going okay I'm ready to look at my shit I'm ready to do some trauma work where do they start because do we throw ourselves in the deep end or are the numbers a nice introductory way to do things what would you suggest definitely 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 looking at your numbers um 
But then I think, you know, some people will throw themselves in the deep end. A seven, I can guarantee you, guarantee you will throw themselves <laughs> way in the deep end. Yeah. <laughs> Feels this, this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's just what they're like. Ones will be like super dynamic. I'm going to be the first person to do this. I'm the leader. Twos will be like chill about it all. Threes will be like thinking of ways that they can do everything. Fours will be working out that process. Five will be like, okay, like how are we going to do things differently? The risk takers, all the rest of it. Like it's just, yeah. This is amazing. Do your numbers. Do your numbers. So when you say do your numbers, the life path number is literally adding your birth date up? Yeah. So my birthday is 7th of February, 1978. So I add 7 plus 2 plus 1 plus 9 plus 7 plus 8 equals. And you generally get like a, like I'm a 34-7. So I get that 34- and then I add those ah. two together. So yeah. when you get the two numbers, they indicate your challenge numbers. So your challenge numbers, and then you add those two numbers together to get your life path number. But so I have I'm a forty-three-seven. Yes. Yes. Okay. So your challenge number, your three, is your self-expression and your creativity. So that's that's your main challenge number. The four is like okay. a secondary challenge number. So you're more challenged with your three. So it's the one that's right before the life path right before the slash, is your most challenging number. Wow. So tell me about your daughter. Yeah. Yeah, I have a daughter. I have two, I think. I'm just thinking quickly about our family tree. So I've done our family tree in a numerology, and it's on my Instagram. But so one of them is a 38, 11, 2. And 11, 22, 33 are master numbers. That's a whole other conversation. (laughs) The whole other conversation. But, 11, but an 11 is a spiritual messenger. So she's got a 38, 11, 2. So she's got 3, 8 as a challenge, double 1 as a challenge, and then the 2 is her life path. So some people are oh, like that. Of course, because yeah. 8 plus 3 is 11, and then you've yeah, got to add the 11. Yes, yeah. So overall, wow. overall, with the master numbers, you are the 11, the 22, and the 33. But you'll you'll generally spend your daily life living in the two, four, and the six. How you show okay. up in your daily life, but okay. overall, your master number is pretty important. Okay. Um, the other thing is with your numbers, um, the thirty-four and the forty-three in your my case, for example, they're a life turning point. So you haven't even reached your life turning point yet. So something amazing oh, and life changing is going to happen when you're forty-three. Mine when I was 34 was when I married my husband. Oh. So, yeah. So, and his is when he was 26. That's when he started his business that we run today. It's been going 21 years or whatever it is. Um, and when he had his first daughter. So, when we had, when he had, yeah. So, okay. now this is like my mind. Thing. Do you know what? I've never said this to anyone except my husband and maybe a couple of close friends, but maybe you can help me here. I have always said to them and always felt it deep in me that something is going to happen in my early 40s. And I've always, because I have a natural tendency to think the worst at times, I've always thought, oh, God, I'm not going to live long. I'm probably going to, you know, something's going to happen to me in my early 40s. Is what I'm picking up on actually this this 43 of, oh, no, something's going to amazingly happen to you. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay. Definitely. I don't think yeah. I've met anyone that it's basically like where you where it's it's like a life tra- tra- life-changing trajectory. Did I say that yes. right? Yes, you did. Yeah. So it's almost like something that's going to change your direction in life. Right. 
yeah, significant thing, having children, starting a business. Like, but, but when I say starting a business, we all know that we can start a business at any day of the week, but it's going to be that, that business right there is going to change your life. Okay, this is exciting. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm so yeah. excited to turn 40. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Wow. So yeah, so there's always something. And it can be like, you know, a six months, a year either side of that yeah. year. But, but pretty much it's always my coach that I used to have. She was a, she was a, she is a 26 eight like my husband, and she had her near death experience when she was 26. Yeah, oh completely so changed I- her life. Yeah. So it's a big life-changing moment. I'm going to go yeah. through the numbers. This feels like astrology but on another <laughs> level. I'm going to go through the numbers of all of the people I know and love and be like, what happened when you were this age or wait yeah. for this age? Yes. Oh, oh. God, I used to do all the time. And that's why like, I just sit and talk to people and like, literally within a minute I'm like, what's your birthday? Or someone's talking to me about someone else, like their partner or whatever. Well, we're, you know, talking to his friends or whatever. What's their birthday again? And it's just so easy to understand, like, why they're handling things the way they are or they aren't handling things. And that's probably one of the good things about using it for parenting is you start to understand why your children are having the troubles that they are Mm. um, or why they're handling them the way they are. Um, And it just, I guess it just opens your mind to having more empathy towards them. Yes. As parents, you tend to have this anxiety about your children constantly doesn't matter how old they are um and so you're always thinking the worst Mm. and when you kind of I guess understand what their journey is like I literally feel like I'm just the caretaker to these beautiful 10 children like I'm Mm. not here to tell you what to do I'm here to steer you on a path that's the best thing for you what you feel like at any given time Um, of course I'm raising um you know society like members of the community that I want to send out that they're going to contribute. Like, you know, everyone has jobs and everyone has, you know, whatever. But I'm just a parent that really believes that the children are here to experience something for themselves. We've mm-hmm. literally been a vessel that has brought them here to do that. Um, and when you allow yourself that space, um, the judgment really starts to fall away and you just really see them in a different light. So beautiful. Rather than well, someone to control there's someone to really um really help and really understand and get the most out of the life that they're here to to live what would your advice be for someone stepping into parenthood for the first time i mean you've got a great handle on parenthood from a lot of different angles what would your number one advice be to them um well we have a granddaughter so our second oldest daughter had a baby last May. Beautiful. But I think that you really need to, like if, you, if you're going to come from a, from, a, from a numbers point of view, is getting a really good understanding of your numbers and why and how you're going to show up and what your challenges are and the things that you're going to face because, I mean, becoming a parent for the first time even is just you really are in survival mode. Um, mm-hmm. for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that, and, and I think that like you, and you have that anxiety about how your child's going to grow up and what they're going to be like. And you start to imagine all those things. Mm-hmm. And I think that like, once you, you know, their numbers from such an early age, you can really try to, um, help shape them in a, in a way that like, I've got a one, a one, six, seven. 
So really deals, really finds it hard to deal with leadership or people following her or people wanting to copy her, why people mm-hmm. doing what I want to do, like why do people always come to me for things? Um, so really encouraging her to step into that because the earlier on that you can start dealing with your challenges, like, whoa, when you're an adult, like you are just going to be like, Unstoppable. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So it's really, that's why I think it's so important for, for people straight up to really understand their children and their numbers um, and really help them with their challenges more than anything because you will find that those things start to pop up in their life as they get older and head off to school or kindy and they're in, you know, friendships or whatever, how they deal with those things. I had a client mm-hmm. the other day who has a daughter who's a two zero, so two zero slash two. First thing I said to her was, is she struggling with relationships at school? Yeah, wow. she is. Like, yeah, her wow. friendships are like, yeah, she's really struggling. And so to give the client the tools or the ideas or, you know, like I'm not going to tell her what to do. She needs to figure that out because for me I come from a space of, I'm here to help you facilitate your own healing when you're ready to do it mm-hmm. and and you're ready to show up for it. I'm not going to tell you, but I'll absolutely direct you. And that's what we did. We sat and we spoke about how can we help her understand? How can you be okay as a parent and not be worried about why can't my kid just have friends or just, you know, like not get involved mm-hmm. in all this drama? It's like, well, that's who she is and that's her right. challenges. And you're right. here now as her parent to help her through that, help her facilitate those tools. I mean, you're not going to sit down and talk to your kid about facilitating tools, are you? (laughs) Like, you know, she's got a – she doesn't feel so judged as a parent, like she's failing. My kid's not, you know – yeah, my kid's like – It's written in her path. Yeah, and you've just got to be there and show up for them and and help them, guide them the best way that you can. Now – you personally, having done a lot of your own work with trauma experiences that you've had in your life, what are your favourite methods? What are your favourite practices for people listening who are like, yeah, I want to do more work on myself. Where do I look? Where do I go? What's worked for you? I have started off with the numerology and past life. Um, wow. Yeah, I, I used to do past life regressions, but for me... Uh, and same with the readings. Like I did start off going to, you know, people to do the readings and things like that, but I always felt like there was nothing beyond that. So I would turn up to a reading, be told all this stuff, pay your money, see you later. And yeah. for me that wasn't enough. Like I wanted yeah. to go deep and that's my seven. And I wanted to like know, okay, so you've given me this, so what do I do now? Like yes. yeah, I've got free will, but I'm going to go home and I'm going to forget about it. Like I wanted something more for myself. So I was like, what I want something more for, you know, other people. So it's just started off with seeing a card reader, did some past life regression, um, Akashic records, all of that stuff, um, mm. the numerology. Um, and then it really started to come down to, um, oh, and the QHHT, so Dolores Cannon. I do quantum healing hypnosis technique wow. um, and accessing the subconscious, which, I mean, like I haven't, I kind of, I kind of took all these things and created something that was almost like a modality for myself um, and a way of doing all the things in a way that was um, working for me and that I wanted to deliver to the everyday person because not everyone's spiritual like you and I, but I think Mm -hmm. there's an absolute place for it all. So I just 
I've tried a lot of things, immersed yeah. myself in a lot of things. Um, but they were probably the main things that I did and then all the experiences that I've had. And honestly, getting to a point where I've just had enough of my own shit. <laughs> and my own excuse. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Getting out of your own way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. I think knowing the numbers helps you do that as well because you just get it then. Yeah, absolutely. God, you've yeah. you've inspired me to dive deep into all things numbers. What is <laughs> what's next for you? You have your fingers in so many pies. Maybe yeah. that's your seven. I don't know because I can relate to that. <laughs> did I get that right or did I fuck that up? <laughs> Definitely, because we are. Co- and the thing with like where that comes from is constantly wanting to learn, constantly wanting to go deep, constantly yeah. wanting to grow at the same time, constantly wanting to just know everything everything. and you will not be happy until you get to the root or the truth of whatever it is the situation whatever you will to be like a dog like a dog with with a bone with the truth so true you just gotta know you just gotta know so what's on the what's what's on the agenda you've got you you, oh i i don't i I won't do any of your work justice what (laughs) wheels are in motion at the moment and what have you got planned um, we still have the program, so um, I like the one-on-ones, I guess, but then I'm creating a seven-week program that I've written for people to do. Um, I've got the Oracle cards coming. The yes, they're coming. Oracle cards, yes. yes. Finished all the artwork with that now, so we have that coming. Um, I was going to do a podcast, but because of my human design and being a mm-hmm. generator, I've decided that I want to do podcasting like we are now where I'm going to respond to requests and be in that response um, mode rather than trying to initiate it like it was just like pushing shit uphill it just was not working for me Um, so we've got that and then my ultimate goal is which I've currently got wheels in motion is a retreat center um, (sighs) for all things all things. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. my God. That retreat center is going to be incredible because I know that yeah. effort you're going to put in the back end to even finding the, the, the location that fits the yes. numbers. Yes. Yes. For everything that goes with everything. Yeah. So that's there. And I've got a couple of books as well. Um, so yes. like you, just like things everything. everywhere. All, all slowly uh, I'm yeah. so excited for you, Nat. You've got such a depth of wisdom and I just love the way you show up and you're unapologetically you and you just march to the beat of your own drum. It yeah. makes me so excited to see what's next. For people who Thank want to connect you. to Nat with you and your beautiful wisdom, I'll pop all of your links in the show notes. The way Thank that you. I want to end the conversation is what does intuition want you to share with the listeners in this moment? Um. I think that to have the courage to really show up as yourself and be comfortable and okay with it, dropping the judgment towards yourself and others and just really immersing yourself in your own journey, regardless of what number you are, is the most powerful thing that you can do for yourself right now. It's so important, so important. Thank you, Nat. That gave me chills. It's been an absolute pleasure as I knew it would. Thank you for joining us today and I can't wait to see what's next for you, my love. Thank you for having me. It's been amazing chatting. (laughs) Bye.
What I absolutely love about sitting down and having these conversations is I never actually plan them. (laughs) I will reach out to someone that I admire or that I love or that I have a connection with. And then I really leave the conversation open to where it wants to go in the moment. And what I suspected would happen with today's conversation is exactly that. Nat has so much wisdom to offer. I mean, you heard it from her. She's a mother of 10. She's been married a couple of times. She's now with her soulmate, raising this incredible blended family. Her daughter has had a child, so she's now a grandmother. She is a healer. She's into numerology. They run a very successful business in an island off the coast of Australia. Like, oh, my gosh, the wisdom that this woman has to offer. And I love that today what ended up happening was a a beautiful conversation on permission into your authentic self, into really discovering more about who you are by the numbers, by numerology. And I don't know about you guys, but I really just want to get off this <laughs> this conversation right now and learn more about these sorts of things. It's funny. I have a girlfriend staying with me at the moment and she found a meme that was doing the rounds online. And I'm not going to quote it verbatim. I don't have it in front of me. But it was something along the lines of the people who are most into astrology, human design, numerology and these things are likely the ones that never felt heard as a child. And at the time when she shared that to me, it really hit home because I maybe one day will go into my own childhood. But like what Nat was saying, we all have something we're carrying with us into adulthood from our upbringing, from our childhood, from our relationship with our parents or the people who raised us. And yeah, I I tend to actually agree with that meme that things like figuring out your numbers and your life path number, figuring out your natal chart or your human design, whatever your thing is, if it gives us more permission and more of an ability to feel seen and to feel heard, to almost warrant why we are the way we are, then I actually don't see that there's anything wrong with that. And in fact, I celebrate the more that we can come to get curious about why we are the way we are, why the people we love are the way they are, then the more we are in that position of taking responsibility versus being the victim. And if we had more people walking through life, taking responsibility for themselves over blaming life for what's happening to them, then hey, I'm interested in seeing what kind of a world that would be. Let me know your numbers. (laughs) I can't wait to hear what you thought of this conversation. Big love. You've been listening to Soul Talk with Holly as a party. Enjoyed today's ep? Remember to share, subscribe, and leave a little rating if you like what you heard. And join us over on Facebook. Just search Soul Talk with Holly as a party. Until next time.